Welcome back to Stoke Hunters, where we dive in the narratives of those who face mountainous terrains of life and seek the silver linings. Today, we're shifting gears to explore a different kind of trail. In episode eight, we're honored to host the incredible woman behind Tits Deep for Breast Cancer. This is not any group. It's a beacon of hope, support, and empowerment in the fight against breast cancer, born from the powdery slopes of Aspen, Colorado. For those who might have noticed, we're redoing episode seven as we're on episode eight, as we recently welcomed by our little nugget uh, of joy, Addison. Um, but before we dive into um, Tits Deep for Breast Cancer's advocacy and impact, um, let's welcome Stephanie. Welcome, Stephanie. So we're on Boxing Day, but apparently you told me Boxing Day isn't a thing down in the States. Yeah, it's, we don't have that holiday here. Really? So it's yeah. all Black Friday? It's kind of like Boxing Day? Or? Yeah. Cool. Um, so for those who um, are learning about Tits Deep for breast cancer for the first time, can you tell us what ignited the, the spark and how did personal experiences uh, shape its mission? Yeah, there's um, a few different factors that played into it. The core of why I started Tits Deep was solely to help one of my best friends who was going through stage three breast cancer. And she got diagnosed in June of 2020. So really at the height of the pandemic. And when I found out she was diagnosed, I racked my brain for months of a way that I could help her that would be fun and engaging and anything but tacky. That was really <laughs> like something I worked really hard at. It was just don't be tacky and don't be the stereotype that you perceive breast cancer to be as a woman under 40. And when I came up with the phrase, when I came up with using a phrase that already existed, tits deep, um, it just rapidly blew up and it was really cool to see how so many people were willing to chip in and so many people who didn't know me or my friend that wanted to be a part of it. Um, and then I think the reason why I felt so inclined and so passionately about doing anything that I could possibly do for my friend was because I lost my mom to breast cancer at the age of two, my twin brother and our little brother was nine months old. And so that really rattled our life from very young ages and really shaped our upbringing and who we've become. And so I found myself as a 31 year old, it might've been 30, um, maybe even 29. And a young woman. What? <laughs> a younger woman nonetheless. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, I've got a best friend who's a year older than me diagnosed around the same time that my mom was diagnosed. And so it was the first time in my life where I had that first hand perspective of what she would have gone through and it really hit in a different way. So those are kind of the factors that played into really accidentally starting to see. Um, that's how the all the best things happen, right? Something small that you don't expect, and it goes yeah. from there. Um, and it's got to be super tough to have a friend who is battling, and especially at a young age, because I think when we're we're younger, myself included, we think like you know we're invincible, no one's gonna go through it. Um, and then it's kind of like eye, eye opening. Um, and it's like you know you said your mom had 
battled with breast cancer. Um, same with my mom before she passed, she had a, a stint of breast cancer as her second cancer. And it's, I don't think people realize how big, a, and I'll, I'll lose my Apple, like low level of like profanity for this episode, but cancer is a bitch. And most people don't, um, realize how much it, it impacts people. Yeah. It's, it's astonishing really how much it impacts people. Um, so it started as stickers and then an amazing branding and uh, like stickers that uh, people who haven't seen need to go to tits deep for search on Google tits deep for breast cancer and get some because it's amazing art, amazing wearables now. Um, how has it gone from just stickers to where it is today? Well, when I realized the potential and just the growth that ex it experienced in the first six to eight weeks, I saw that. I'd created something that could go further and could impact more than one person. And so I slowly started coming out with different merchandise and I went to the farmer's market that, that summer and just have continued to network and meet people and attend events and really be in that space, um, as well as learning and building upon our mission and understanding what is the need and um, what are ways that we can really educate and help empower other women and men um, how to advocate for themselves in this space where there's not a lot of room for people under 40. Yeah, it's wild. And um, being up in Canada, like I know the States is different healthcare, um, but in Canada, same thing. It's like, I just don't understand how in 2023, we have to continue to advocate for women's health and advocate for your own health. Cause it's like, you know, when we're young, it's like people, and I've heard it from tons of um, friends who are women. It's like, you just get blown off. It's like, oh, that's a stomach cramp or that's a mental thing. And it's, it, it's so frustrating to hear. And I don't understand why it happens. Yeah. It feels very unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I don't understand where it gets to that mentality because like as a doctor you'd think your like main thing would be to like help others so why wouldn't you spend the time to listen yeah totally. um so out of tits deep could you share uh, a a story after building the community that has embodied the spirit and transformation power of uh, tits deep yeah well um beyond sharing a specific story you know almost on a daily i'll be out the other day I was at Buttermilk Mountain. I'm still a part-time snowboard instructor and some random uh, lady around my age walked by with a Tits Deep sticker on her helmet. And so it's one of those reminders that Tits Deep is reaching a lot more people than I think it is because to me, a lot of times it still feels very small and like we have a, a long way to go. Yeah. So when I see things like that, it's that like really positive reminder of you're doing things that are really impacting people that you've never met and you might never get to meet. And I guess the thing I like the most is that that person walked right by me and had no idea. You know, <laughs> so I just just makes me smile, you know, like cool, we're we're yeah. on the right, we're on the right path. Um and then a specific story, um I'm gonna share this one because I, I read an email this morning that like really made me feel like extra good. Um, <laughs> and so this was the locals closing day at Highlands, the, the season that I started selling stickers. 
So this was April 2021. And myself and two other girls just stuffed a bunch of stickers in their bibs. It was a hot day, so we weren't really wearing jackets. <laughs> we were just selling stickers and sharing why. And we ended up raising a lot of money just out of our snowboard jackets. That's and rad. at the base of Highlands, there was a bunch of people having drinks and socializing with their friends at picnic tables. And somebody introduced me to their friend. And the more we got talking, I realized that that photo ended up on the homepage of our website. And I didn't know the girl. I just was given that photo and I just really liked it. And it's the third one down on our homepage of somebody's helmet and the sticker on the side. And they're holding the nose of their snowboard. And um, I don't know how it happened, but her name's Molly Glassman. And she is a super badass local snowboarder from California who is always in the back country and always chasing pow and like the full embodiment of a ski bum, but just like really wholesome and just a solid person and super supportive. And she's become one of my powder day buddies. Um, and like, when I think of Tits Deep, a lot of times I'm like, who is that person? And a lot of times I think of her, you know, like, <laughs> like you've got your crew in the mountains. And when you think of pow days, you're like, that person is so Tits Deep, you know? <laughs> it's more than just actually riding to see how it's like it really whole, is like a physical embodiment of a being well um, you your style changes so much <laughs> when you get a good powder run and um so in Canada, in a couple of resorts we get rope drops into bowls and stuff like oh that God, and yeah, like when you drop that and then like you just start a woo and like the whole mountain echoes back like yeah there's that whole embodiment of powder yeah. that goes from just not like making a turn there's way more there to it people <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah we actually have some killer rope drops here nice. um she's definitely she'll be she'll be at the rope drops all season but um <laughs> i sent her an email just asking some advice and opinion for an event i want to host in february um and I wished her happy holidays as I signed off my email, maybe yesterday or two days ago. And then this morning I checked my emails and I think she sent hers yesterday. So I would have sent mine the day before. And, you know, she was just following up to my email, like casual. And then at the end of it, she said, I love you. And I just like, I don't know if she's ever said that to me. Maybe she has, but like I was so warm and fuzzy inside and I read it like three times. So um, I wouldn't have that friendship if Tits Deep didn't exist. And that goes for many friendships and connections. Yeah. Um, so when you when you saw the sticker yesterday at Butter um, Mountain, would you say like the last few days or maybe months or anything was like a little bit harder than um, normal? In what way? Well, like what I find and same thing, like with building good day optics is like, you know, I'll sometimes have um, a bad day or a bad week. And I'm like, am I on the right path? And then all of a sudden you'll see someone random wearing your brand or you'll get a message or just someone out of the ordinary drop a comment. And then you're like, yep, that's or an email. And you're like, yep, I know I'm on the right path. And like, it's just like karma or like the world's um, power, like making sure that, you know, yeah, it's hard, but you're you're gonna like have good days out of it yeah um i would say that recently 
it's just been the natural ebbs and flows of yeah. creating something or being an entrepreneur where you feel like you could do more and you're not as engaging. But overall, I look at it as more of, okay, it's just, it's just the quiet period before the spike yeah. and just knowing that I'm doing good. And really, if I see someone on Instagram who's in a similar space, primarily outdoor industry and women-led, sometimes I'll compare myself to their success and also get Pitt's deep success. Um, But I started this, you know, to help a friend. And so it's really important to me that I stay true to not being so attached to one specific outcome. Yeah. Just kind of pouring my passion into it. And so that really helps me not feel too down about the down times. Yeah, and hundred percent. It's uh the the journey is the best part, um, and I think a lot of people forget it. Like they always like want to see the outcome of like this crazy success, but it's like we don't know where things are going to go. And like you know, my brand is built a hundred percent behind my mom. Like I, you know, after watching my mom pass away in seventeen days, like those were some of my worst days. And now I'm trying to build a brand that helps people have good days, and like that's that's what makes it fun you know, if yeah. a good day one day becomes Smith or Oakley, cool. But it's like, that's not the reason I did it. I I made it so I could help people see that, you know, you can have good anywhere. You just need to, you need to look for it. Yeah. Even uh, on your worst days ever, you can still experience truly uh, joyful moments, which is really trippy. Yeah. That's the, like the, the 17 days I didn't notice it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I was looking back at it, it's like, you know, when my mom was battling cancer, I got to spend all 17 days with her, my family too. I've never been closer with my family. I've never been closer with my wife. And I'm on a path of, you know, I got shown that life is short. So go do something you enjoy rather than just taking that paycheck. Yeah. Like paychecks come and go. Life, life does not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you really realize that when you're grieving, like money is like, like you just, it doesn't exist. Yeah. You can you can find money anywhere. I can't find more time. Yeah. Um, so with Tits Deep and you know, Nadine being a younger woman at 33 uh, when she or 31 when she got diagnosed, how does Tits Deep engage and contribute to the broader um, breast cancer community and related initiatives? So we Well, the biggest thing is integrating outdoor adventure sports and breast cancer awareness, education, advocacy, and outreach. And so we have these women who might not have any relationship to breast cancer who are incredibly engaged with Tits Deep, which I find really neat because breast cancer is quite specific. And if you haven't had any ties to it, some people don't have any interest or um, awareness of why it could affect them or why they should be participating as a woman under 40. And all of a sudden you integrate snowboarding and skiing and backcountry snowboarding and skiing and mountain biking and, you know, the other sports that I'd also like to include, then it really broadens who, who can participate. And it, um, it makes it more engaging because all of a sudden you're connected to the sport, which a lot of the sports that we focus on, there's a culture to it. And 
there's immediate connections to the community through that. And so through some of our day events, we are really able to get really strong groups of women together who have never met, and most of the time who I've never met, together to talk about breast cancer and your odds and how to advocate and hearing stories of pre-vivors, survivors, medical experts. Then you look across the room and every single person's eyes are just locked in on the speaker. And it's just really cool because if you don't tie it into an adventure sport, it really can be not that interesting. But at the same time, it's really important that we learn certain aspects, if not all of it. And so, you know, going to events as well and being there as tits deep and somebody walks by your table and the name itself draws a lot of people in or it gets a really good laugh. Like I've been at REI tabling outside and I remember this um, EMT or fire rescue truck was leaving and then it just paused and I knew why it paused for like <laughs> 15 seconds and then kept driving and it's because they saw the big logo on our table and they needed to stop to like double take it and understand <laughs> what, what that, you know, big logo said before they could keep driving. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's really cool how just being a part of an adventure sports community has that community that just strengthens what we're trying to do. Yeah. And being for women under 40, cause it, it doesn't get talked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other, organizations that you're aware of that are doing what you guys do obviously yeah i don't know a ton of them but we follow polite tumor in denver they're incredible and they fundraise for women currently in treatment and they give out grants and the grants can be used however the patient pleases which is really cool rather than putting parameters on the grant, you know, cause some people that give out grants say you can only use it for your medical expenses or your living expenses. Whereas polite tumor is like, use it for what you need in the moment that you need it. Um, yeah. And then there's this newer organization that I've chatted with a little bit on Instagram called tits up buttercup. And I believe <laughs> that she got a prophylactic. So a preventative mastectomy. And she's kind of been sharing her journey and wants to bring more awareness to that space. And um, then there's some bigger ones that I don't have too much contact with, um, such yeah. as the breasties or boarding for breast cancer. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I know it's more prevalent in 40 plus women. What are the odds for women under 40 of battling breast cancer? I'd have to revisit the statistics and facts, but over the last few years, research has shown that there has been an increase in cancer diagnoses for women under 40. Wild. So they are becoming more frequent, um, but I, I'm not going to cite or quote anything because I haven't yeah. read the research in a bit. Oh, that's okay. It, it just goes to show like, you know, and it, it seems like everything gets young, unfortunately, especially with cancer, younger with age. It's like, you know, you start hearing about stories of people your age um, battling it. But um, 
Yeah, and having tits deep and, you know, building that community, because like, I think that's the hardest thing with any new experience. And, you know, the cancer being the worst, one of the worst experiences to have. But when you can have like in what you did for uh, Nadine with um, just starting something right out of the gates is like that support and that place where people can come and even just vent and be like, this is the, the fucking worst news I've ever got, but to know you, they have a friend or a community there means so much. Mm-hmm. Um, what, and you know, having Nadine who went through it, um, what, what advice would you give to someone who recently got a breast cancer diagnosis or any cancer diagnosis? Um, hmm. Well, I think just, you know, taking the time to digest the news and not feeling rushed to share it with the world. You know, like Nadine was a pretty private person and I didn't find out for months. You know, I found out from a friend who's not even that close to me. And um, I think also just like really taking care of yourself and hopefully having people around you that you can ask for help, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And if, if they don't have someone, send a DM to Tits Deep for Breast Cancer, because I guarantee you'll have someone to talk to. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a horrible disease. Like I remember when my mom went into the hospital because she was at my house the week before um, helping me weed my garden. So I, I made the joke, like the dandelions um, made her sick, unfortunately. Um, but when when she we, we got the news, she's like, I don't think I can beat this cancer. And, you know, a lot of times I think people like put a face on, like not a face, but like, you know, they they sometimes don't like react like they You know, they try, try to hold it. I was I was a, a pile of tears with my mom a hundred times and she would always poke fun at me for it. Um, but, I, you know, I think it's being real with the person who's going with it. Like, yeah, we have to be the positive force sometimes because, you know, it's such a painful experience to go through. Um, but my mom was like, I don't think I can beat it. And I'm like, well, mom, cancer is one day at a time. We're going to have some bad days. And then she cracks the joke. It's like, you know, well, how do you eat an elephant? And it's one bite at a time. So it's mm-hmm. like helping people realize it's like, yeah, you know, where we want to go is, you know, putting cancer in remission. But right now we have to get through day one of however many days your treatment is and I'll be here by your side. Um, Matt, this is, it's deep, it's a deep conversation, this one. And, uh, you know, my, my eyes are watering a bit because it, it it brings back memories, but um, yeah. Um, So for tits deep, how do you, uh, I guess someone who's like maybe, dm'd or anyone like how do you assist people who are new to the experience navigate the complexities if it's something more medically i ask if they would like to be connected to one of tits deep's connections such as a women's health physician or a genetic counselor um or we also have a pretty good connection with a cancer exercise specialist who's undergone a double prophylactic mastectomy and if they do I'll reach out to whichever professional and then I'll give the information to the person who 
initially was seeking some sort of support. If it's purely emotional support, then I'm there and I'm the one answering all the tits deep DMs <laughs> and um, really just try to make them feel very seen and supported and give them space to share whatever it is they want to share. And in return, it just feels really good that there are women out there who feel that safe that they can send a DM to essentially a stranger who's answering their calls. Actually, like two years ago, there was somebody who sent a few DMs after the other, and I didn't read them till the next day. And it turns out they were sent at, you know, early hours in the morning. You know, somebody who's obviously couldn't sleep and their wheels were spinning. And I was like, wow, like they found Tits Deep and they reached out in the middle of the night because they couldn't sleep. And we were on the other end replying when we were, you know, when we were awake and able to. And it just feels really good that we can be, we can be there for those people. 100%. It's, you you get the the warm fuzzies that you get from putting good vibes out into the the world like there's nothing that beats them yeah. and mm-hmm. for anyone anyone who's listening if you ever need someone to chat with like send us a dm send anyone a dm like there's always sometimes it, it, it's tough cuz like you know being vulnerable it, it's hard but yeah i've never had a bad time and jared will always almost immediately reply to your dm it's quite impressive <laughs> the very notifi- reliable pardon yeah very reliable. <laughs> the notifications are real and the the text vibrate gets me so it's like it's a quick it's a quick look it'll be a little slower now like i know i haven't i think yesterday or no today was the first post i've had since um december 20th where our little nugget came into the world so it's been a bit slower but dms are easy i'll always answer those because it's like yeah i don't have to think hard it's like and you get the you get the prompt to you it's like hey i'm you know having a bad day or this or that it's like oh well you know let's let's talk this through and see what i what i can do um for so for tits Deep's journey so far is there a particular event or campaign that's held special meaning to you and the community so far um there's been a few i think the, the favorite event that we've participated in is Bhutan Fest, which is an all women's and femme folk skiing festival. And being a vendor there for their first two years has been tremendous for many reasons, but I mean, the energy and the stoke and the camaraderie is just so real and unmatched. Um, and we really look forward to being a vendor there this March um and then the second thing that comes to mind is a small photo campaign where i asked a few girlfriends if they would choose a sport that or recreation that they identify with and do a tops off photo shoot so it was myself and three girlfriends and we did tops off shoots with whatever recreation of choice to cover our chest. And so one of my friends is a rock climber, so she had her rope around her chest. And then one was a fly fisher, so she had her bibs on. And so was we shot out in nature. And um, I had each woman write, I, I gave them a, a prompt 
and it was essentially like how do you identify with your breasts and how has it served you or how have they made you feel and so it was really like for example the, the rock climber has a small chest and the society we're in you know for a long time really made us think especially in high school that you needed big boobs to be beautiful or to be seen or to be liked. but then she realized as she got more and more into rock climbing that the chest she was born with actually served her as a rock climber and so kind of like that shift in her realization and embrace of her body and so each woman shared their prompts paired with their photo and even though it was a really small campaign it just was really empowering and just I thought really a creative way to share their their stories about body image yeah that's that's super rad and I, I think that's the start is you know you help people talk about like how their breasts make them feel and you know it's society is a a shitty beast mm-hmm. um nonetheless where you know it makes people like i have adhd and for the longest time i would mask it and be like oh i want to fit in because like you know i get overly excited and you know i'll send dms and like wait <laughs> for the reply and be like hey is it coming is it coming and then send like another one and like my wife will tell me it's like you know you have to calm down a little bit but i think it's like you know when you have that passion and you have that acceptance of yourself it's like if you lose a few people for it it's okay but it's like it takes so long to learn that. Like, I think that's the first step of like, you know, going a little bit further is it's like, you know, the vulnerability of like in your mind where it's okay to be different. Yeah, totally. And like, if you embrace parts of your body, you know, for us, it's all about awareness and um, specifically body awareness. And if you have that awareness, you can potentially save your own life by catching cancer early enough. So the whole concept behind the campaign, which I called Heart Your Tits, is if you love your breasts, then hopefully that is just one extra thing that will encourage you to do your self-exams every month, et cetera. Yeah. Well, and it's it's such a scary cancer because it can move so fast comparatively to other ones. So, you know, monthly checks and everything are um, such a big thing. But the thing that I think is super cool, because like when you experience like a loss or a hardship, we're quick to change and we're quick to open up. Um, But when we haven't or, you know, we're not looking for it, it's like, you know, the events that you do and like, you know, having it relate to mountain bike or not mountain biking, but uh, snowboarding or fly fishing or rock climbing is so important because it's like we can get those little nuggets of knowledge before we're even ready and then it's like oh maybe i hit it or maybe my friend had like found a lump and it's like i already know where to go now um and all i was doing was snowboarding or all i was doing which is way more than just you know snowboarding or way more than just fly fishing but it's like it's amazing when it it ties in with um like things you do yeah so for the future like because you know this started in 2020 um and now we're in 2023, where do you see um, the landscape of breast cancer awareness and support evolving to, and how does Tits Deep play that role in the future? In the future, I really don't know. There's been some progress in the US health system that sheds a little bit more light on women closer to 40, so not quite under 40. Um, And there have been some technologies for early detection that um, 
can be more useful for us without needing a referral. But again, you know, the, um, they're new, so the, uh, the studies behind them might not be as solid as per se a mammogram or, or a breast ultrasound. But where I see tits deep fitting into that is being more known to more people so that we do have more of an impact on the outcomes of breast cancer and diagnoses and the ability to handle it, um, you know, with tools in your tool belt, you know, and not feeling completely alienated, you know, being a woman under 40 and getting diagnosed and instead being like, okay, I'm 40 and I'm diagnosed, but now I can reach out to this community and maybe someone in their community can become my mentor who's gone through it already. Um, and then really reaching women at a, a demographic that really aren't on the radar, which is college age women, because Tits Deep is such a relevant concept, you know, especially to mountain women. So women who go to universities and mountain towns and mountain cities and really being able to empower them, you know, instead of waiting till they're whatever, mid twenties to late thirties. Um, and really just building upon what we have created just day by day and yeah. hoping that it will continue to just have this snowball effect, you know? It will, it will. Um, my favorite saying that I've picked up over the entrepreneurial journey so far is the quickest way to success is to get to year eight. Um, so it's never a fast thing and it's the winners, uh, the winner is the one who stays at it the longest. So that's why you have to enjoy the journey. Mm, that's a good one. Um, so what future initiatives or goals do you have for this year, maybe years in the future of Tits Deep? For this coming year, really growing our presence over the summertime and being um, expanding access to community. So we've been invited to two different mountain bike festivals, one in Fruta and one in UG, uh, Oak Ridge, Oregon, which I'm incredibly grateful and insanely stoked about because I'm the most frothy trail riding mountain biker. <laughs> so we're going to have a lot more exposure to different brands and different micro communities. And so I can't wait to just have more people learn about Tits Deep and just for me to one-on-one -on -one connect with people and um, different brands within the same space. And then, yeah. you know, a more long-sighted goal is really building out um, a program that offers grants to women under 40 seeking early detection treatment. Yeah. And it's really still in its infancy and that's what we've been fundraising for but really putting my heads together with some of our medical ambassadors and seeing how can we be the most efficient to serve these women so that they're not turning down their mammograms because it's too expensive. Um, because that's what I did in my early 20s, being uninsured and not really wanting to face my reality and not having the support. So hopefully the support through Titsy plus the financial access will help some women get the early detection they need so that they are getting answers to some of their con their concerns or symptoms. And then on top of that, just 
having immediate access to our outreach. Um, and I really look forward to seeing what that looks like because I know the mission and we're working towards the mission, but we're not even a fraction of the way there yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the journey, the journey is the fun part, right? Um, and yeah, like you, I, I forget when I sent you guys our first, the first DM, um, but I have to say it's probably what, maybe three months? Um, yeah, two or two and a half, maybe. Yeah. Um, but in this short time, I've seen some super cool collaborations and stuff like that. Like you just had the candle come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have our super rad goggle. Um, yeah, everybody needs a pair of good day to Steve goggles. Yeah. I, it, it's like um, the cologne from Anchorman. Um, <laughs> 60% of the time, it works 100% of the time. Well, mm-hmm. these goggles, it's like, like 60% of the time. 100% of the time, you're going to have a, a tits deep pow day. Um, yeah, if you guys, if you get these goggles and you wear them, it'll be tits deep that day. 100%. <laughs> it, maybe not the next day, but 100% you'll have a tits deep day with those goggles. So you, you, you need them. Um, but what other cool um, collaborations do you have in the works? If you have any, we're coming out with ski mittens. Nice. Very, very stoked about those. Um, hopefully, in the next six weeks um and i can't think of anything else right now (laughs) hey it's one one day at a time right um and it's crazy how things can turn so fast when you know it's like this podcast i started it we're on episode eight so two months ago and we have i think another 12 lined up um but it's just how you focus. So it's like, you know, yeah, you say you can't think of any, but it's like quick, quick DM, my favorite thing, or quick email. And, you know, there's always more coming, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, what, so with breast cancer and everything, um, what, what importance does mentorship and community support um, do you find matter the most for like anything? Um, when people well, are diagnosed or having friends who have been diagnosed? Um, it's a really dark and lonely place. So having something outside of your immediate reality to turn to for advice, for somebody to really open up to so that you don't feel that alone, I think is critical. And when I found out that Nadine's cancer came back, that's the, the big tragedy. She was cancer-free. March 2021 from a double mastectomy and then in November she started experiencing symptoms that would take about six weeks for medical professionals to assess as cancer and it had spread well beyond the point of origin and when I found that out I I was stunned and I felt really alone and the first thought that came to my mind was, oh my God, like if I didn't have tits deep, I don't know what I would do with myself. I think all of it would be a lot harder. And all of a sudden I had community and I had mentors and I had survivors through tits deep that I could immediately access. And so I think when people are going through those same situations, anybody or any group or any therapist that 
they can get access to, I think can make a monumental difference in how they navigate that. A hundred percent. And, you know, hearing that, that six week thing of diet, like, you know, trying to figure this out, like it, it frustrates, you just feel sick every time. Like my mom was the same way. Like, you know, she was battling this. And then on Friday, the doctor said she could go home on Monday. Mm -hmm. And then on Wednesday, she passes. Like, like, how is it that, you know, these professionals and stuff take so, <laughs> so long sometimes yeah. to, or be so wrong? Um, yeah about it and it you know you just want to like sometimes punch holes in walls or like throw yeah, shit it feels just, so unfair. yeah um but having yeah having friends having that community having those mentors who have gone through it and understand like even um it, sorry it's it, it it's uh wild because like my brain just went there um because like my mom passed in july and then i like i saw a couple other friends who had passed mm -hmm. who lost parents um and it's like, you know, you send them a quick DM and you're like, hey, I, you know, I lost, I know we haven't chatted for a little bit, um, but I had lost my mom in the summer. Um, so I'm sorry to hear about your parent. And I know right now that, you know, you're just going through the emotions and I don't expect you to reply because th this isn't the message for it. But I want you to know that when you're ready, you can, you can send a message and I'll, I'll currently apologize for the people who are around you who will probably say something in it like wrong or whichever because they haven't dealt with the loss so mm -hmm. when you're ready send me a message yeah you know just some people in your circle don't know how to support you so knowing that there is someone out there who is ready to support you is huge yeah because yeah like i remember when my mom passed away I ran into a family friend's dad and he, he had said to me, um, I know what you're going through because I lost my mom very quickly. And he was 65, his mom was 82. And I'm like, this is so that like in my mind, I'm like, this is so vastly different. Like your mom was in their eighties who passed away suddenly. Like that's different than your mom at 61 who like, I was fortunate where my mom got to walk with me down my aisle um, at my wedding. Mm -hmm. um, my sister not didn't get that opportunity to have my mom there and like my mom doesn't get to meet my grandma so it's like you know at 82 your your parent had so many different experiences then but it they, they try um but it's like you know in your mind you're like yeah there's not it's not very similar <laughs> um so starting starting from stickers and now being something that's so much more and having cool collaborations um what advice would you offer to someone aiming to make a positive impact um, in the, in a community or any other cause? Well, I think identifying what you are passionate about and thinking about what are some of the ways that you want to contribute to community. So, you know, like for me, it was snowboarding, right? That was the identity, but then breast cancer was the thing I wanted to help problem solve. So then together, I was able to create a movement out of that. And so I think if you can find things that you're engaged in and that your community is engaged in or can engage in and somehow tie it in to the thing that you want to give back to, could be a great way to, you know, step up and do the thing that you've been wanting to do. And if you still don't know, then 
I think it's okay to take your time. I mean, look how long it took me to figure it out. I've been thinking my whole life, how do I contribute to the breast cancer community? I felt so out of place, even though my mom passed away from it, you know, and I shouldn't feel that way. And then finally, when I was 30, 30 or 31, I figured out something that fulfilled that, you know, that like little hole inside of me. Yeah. And so when, you know, having your mom pass away from it at such a young age and, you know, coming or creating stickers at 30 or starting the whole what's the, organization um, in 2020, were you feeling like you couldn't, like, what were you, like, what, what made you stop at the time? Like, was it like nervousness or anything like that? Uh, for what? Like, so for Good Day Optics, when I first started it, or like, you know, like I find, like, sometimes I find it's like, you know, I want it, I don't want to do anything till it's like perfect sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but nothing's perfect and you can always improve upon things. Whereas now it's like, I try to get things out that are good and then improve it upon that. So were you feeling like you, like you couldn't contribute in a big way or anything or anything like that at the time? Um, well, thankfully I didn't feel the need to withhold. Like I just kind of kept putting things out there, but the thing that would kind of um, inhibit me, is that the right word or prohibit? Prohibit me um, was the idea that I'm not a previvor or a patient or a survivor and honestly not even a caregiver. So who am I to be in this space? But then I've had people like really assure me and say like that like none of those things matter. Like you're here and you're doing it. So I'd say that's probably like the one of the things that a lot in the beginning I had to question myself and honestly question a new friend through Tits Deep who is a survivor to kind of be like no, you're good. Keep doing what you're doing. This is awesome. 100%. It's like, you know, put your heart out there and it doesn't matter like if you've gone through it, if you're willing to like give a hand to help people get up on that next step or like help them up when they, when they fall. Um, and I think, you know, anyone who's listening, like just, just do it. Like mm -hmm. it's going to be messy at the start. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you can you can do anything you set your mind to so like just do it um for so outside of that what does the phrase good day signify to you in the context of breast cancer advocacy or community involvement well i think going out there and really doing it because you love it with no other outcome aside from hoping that you touch one person that crosses your path, I think that's a good day. Just showing up, even if you think it's not worth your time at all, but doing it because you know, like you're just so sure that you're gonna impact one person. A hundred percent. It's it's funny you say that, because like when I went out to Fernie Pride, um, like Fernie's a, Fernie BC is a ski town and mountain bike town. So we relate a little bit, but, you know, I, I've been a big believer of like how we build our brand and naming all our products after women and, you know, making pride strap or making straps that support um, the pride community and everything. It's like, yeah, I, I just want to be there 
to help someone. So I was never sure when I was like, when we were out to Fernia for like, you know, what, what, what I'd have happened to me, mm -hmm. but yeah, like just having those one-on-one -on -one conversations and letting people feel supported in a place where, you know, like, especially in, so being so close to Alberta and, you know, being um, like a more industrial town, like there are some negative viewpoints there. And it's like, I think all we can do is, you know, be there for people and give them, like let them know that there are more brands out there that care for them than what they sometimes see on the internet. Yeah. Um, so what would be, so kind of, you know, having that good day on, you know, just touching one person, what is the, who, who has been the most recent one person you've helped recently? Oh man, there was this DM very recently. I always screenshot the DMs because they're just so, you know, heartwarming. <laughs> but I'm having a hard time putting a finger on it aside from, because I'm thinking of the one before them. So I'm going to share that one because I can't think of the most recent one. Yeah, that's Except okay. That, it's a young woman. I believe she's going through cancer. Oh, yes. And she's in Bend. And I think she's a mountain biker and just fully resonates with the outdoor adventure aspect of Tits Deep and like she just opened up and was pretty much just like thank you guys so much and like I feel I feel so good knowing that there are people out there like me it's basically what the the gist of the message was yeah it's amazing how powerful it can be to someone um to find a community out there because like you know especially when you know, we don't talk about breast cancer in, in younger women. You think you're, you know, you got hit by the, the shitty stick and there's no one else who um, got it. But then you like see like, oh no, there's other people who like, you know, unfortunately got hit by the cancer stick and, you know, they got through it. And like, it just boosts that morale so much. Cause like that, like to me, cancer has always been a mental, like as much as it is physical, mental plays such a huge role as well. So yeah. it's amazing to hear DMs like that. Mm -hmm. um, so you do mountain biking, or you like all outdoor sports? What what are what sports um, hold true and dear to your heart? Well, you learned this on our uh, initial call because I was running late, but <laughs> surfing. <laughs> Not only was I late to my call with Jared, but I was scrambling to get my clothes on dry my hair and just had to have the call in the surf parking lot. And it was pretty, pretty fitting. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, and I never asked you that day, but did you hit some good waves? Yeah, I did. It was my first day back in the water in two weeks. Um, cause I, at the, this fall, I spent a lot of time going back and forth between Florida and Colorado. And so it just felt so good. And the sunset was beautiful and I could get some sweet waves that I still remember. Nice. Yeah, I need to, I need, I'll have to, when you're down in Miami, we'll have to, maybe we can do like a, a cross America tour and we'll do some surfing, some mountain yeah, biking. But we don't want to end up in Miami because they get waves like, you know, a handful of days of the year. Oh, really? Yeah. Where are the, where are the best waves in, in the States? Um, I mean, you know, everyone will have a different answer, but stereotypically California. Yeah. That makes sense. But a lot of states do get good waves. It might just be inconsistent. Like New Jersey just had 
their biggest swell of 30 years, I think. Wild. It was going off there, like absolutely firing. So there are some states that you wouldn't think have surf that do have surf communities. Yeah. Um, yeah. Surfing's hard. It's weird yeah. turning with your back foot. It's so hard. <laughs> My wife and I, we did it when we were in Maui. Um, so maybe like California surfing. Cause it, well, I mean, California gets cold sometimes, but maybe Vancouver sometimes. Island. It's, it's so cold. You gotta go, gotta do wetsuits. I'm a, I'm a, I like the, um, like rat, like being able then to be in your shorts and a rash, like it's just, the, yeah. And when you fall in the water and then get back up, you're not freezing your butt off. Yeah. <laughs> I have never, um, surfed in a, in a, in a wetsuit, so I don't know, but maybe we, we'll, we'll do, yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll have you come up to Canada. Um, shred some Canadian pow, yes. then we'll go surf some Canadian waves, and Just then we can do the hunting. Yeah, we'll go hunt some stoke. Maybe we'll anyone who's listening can cut. We'll, we'll we'll put the dates out there, so then we can just get a. We'll let's rent a bus and just drive everyone around, <laughs> but, um, and then we'll go down, hit your two favorite, your favorite mountain, favorite surf spot, um, and then we can compare. Totally. Um, but yes, like because like I know you. Um, you juggle a lot um, with everything you do. How do you ju juggle the demands of community engagement, advocacy, and logistical um, aspects of Tits Deep along with everything else in your personal life? Well, I really just love community and I love connecting. That's one of my favorite things about being human. So that part comes natural to me. I could be a bit more disciplined at planning events in advance, <laughs> but we still pull them off and they're still super kick-ass. Um, and I think, you know, just going back to my background in yoga and mindfulness um, and just knowing where to put my energy when and when to give myself certain things that my body, my mind, and my spirit need so that I can keep going and sharing and not spreading myself too thin. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, once you start to um, look at your body as a whole picture, I find helps a lot when you yeah. juggle so many things. It really does. How, how do you manage your personal, like outside of like advocacy and community engagement and everything from a logistical side, what about personal life and leading and supporting the cause of Tits Deep? Um, well, uh, low key, I could be way better at um, doing my self exams. <laughs> <laughs> I look down on myself when I think about it. And you know what, I'm just gonna be real. I'm awful at doing my self exams. So anyone else out there listening who's also really bad at it, there's room for improvement. <laughs> um, I, I put a lot of time aside for my outdoor activities and fitness. That's very important to me. Um, and then once I've done that or know I'm going to do it, I feel like I can focus better and more intent with more intention. Um, and sometimes I struggle, you know, sometimes I put too much on my plate and that just, you know, makes it a lot harder, but I still, try to dissect everything and try and get everything done. Yeah, 100%. Um, and 
I think that just comes from mental awareness, but like, you know how you say you suck with your breast exams. Like there's a lot of things I suck with too. Um, and it's like letting yourself be okay with being sucky at some things. So you come back rather than like, cause like with ADHD, I'll, I'll fail at like basically everything. Like there'll, there'll be a time where I stop my consistency. And then in the past it would be like, I need to, like, I would just feel down about myself and never want to come back. Mm -hmm. But then it's like developing that mental awareness that it's like, okay, you have this, we know what's going to happen. So let's be okay with it. And even if we take a long break, maybe we can find something new um, to get that. Cause like with my mom passing from cancer, I haven't been back to the gym in the, in the longest time. Um, so like such a horrible thing to like, you know, not be physically active, mm -hmm. but then I found a new sport of mountain biking this year. Um, so I think they're like, yeah, being okay with your failures, not failures, like just being bad at some things, mm -hmm. but letting your butt, like be being okay with that. So you can improve yourself. Yeah. Because then you get back on the horse. You don't just sit and stare at the wall the whole time. A hundred percent. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, myself included, if I had fallen off the train of the gym, because like, since we're on this topic, it'll be like, yeah, I wouldn't have been to the gym for three months. And, you know, I would have been hitting PRs three months ago. So then I come back and I'm like, oh, I want to hit these PRs again. And you just end up hurting yourself and like yeah. not giving yourself the time to digest that, hey, it's okay to like start back to get ahead again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, really important to be gentle with yourself. Yeah. And yeah, for like, I, I, I should probably talk to some of my guy friends more about it. Um, Cause I think from a, a male perspective, it's like, you know, we, we wear like a, a wall a lot of the times and don't get vulnerable mm -hmm. where women, like I get jealous sometimes of the communities that you guys have mm -hmm. of support and friendship. Cause it's like, as guys, it's like, Oh, Oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, good, you? Okay, let's grab a beer. And you know, the sports game on where I don't think that's how women, I, I, well, I know that's not how women engage with themselves. They get the, you guys get the long conversations and the, the actual opening up and stuff. We have more fun. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. You get to um, go snowboarding with friends and, and build an amazing initiative to help support other women in, in the world. Um, Speaking of that, where where is the furthest you've seen a tits deep sticker or the furthest you've gotten a DM from so far? Um, well, what feels like the farthest from Colorado is New Zealand. Cool. Who do you remember? Was it a sticker or was it a DM? A sticker. Where did you see? I can't it? remember who. Oh, okay. That's Might have cool. been someone I knew, but I don't remember. Oh, that's okay. I'll have to. I'll have to, if I ever go to New Zealand, I'll have to try to find it. You will. Yeah. Um, sorry, brain fart. Um, <laughs> so, for anyone, um, you know, who just got a bad, you know, who has had a couple bad days, or this, like, how do you? what advice could you give them to have like to maybe try to turn that around and have more good days? Well, I think for one sitting with your emotions and not shoving them aside is going to be 
the first thing to do. Not pretending that you're good, you know. I mean, you might you might be in a position where you have to put on a face, you know, if you have work that day, whatever it is. We have kids um, because there's really no avoiding that. But in the downtime throughout that day or those days, just really recognizing your emotions and maybe understanding, you know, where they're coming from. And if you're not understanding them, just slowly learning to accept them. And then giving yourself little things of joy. So for me, when I'm having a sad day, I like to go to a frozen yogurt place. That's just my thing. <laughs> I actually did that the day my dad passed away, and it was awesome. Um, <laughs> I was like, we got to go. Um, 100%. And again, reaching out to somebody who you confide in, resting, um, something that helps you feel relaxed or peaceful or happy, just picking something small and achievable. I think it's really a way to have a good day. 100%. And it, it's funny you say small and achievable, because I think a lot of people, you know, think we have to do this like big thing right off the bat. Um, but my favorite, one of my favorite new reads of a book is called Atomic Habits. Are you familiar with it? I've seen it. Um, so basically the gist of it is being 1% better every day, but which sounds minuscule. Like what is it? What is 1% at the end of the day? It feels so small that it can't, shouldn't be measured. But if you do that every day for the next 365 days, mm -hmm. you're 37 times better than what you were at when you started that 1% challenge. I'm down for that. Yeah. Um, I want to be 37% better at mountain biking. in <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny you speak of m mountain biking. Um, one of the, one of the stories you talked about was from the English uh, or the British bicycle team. And like the team hadn't won um, a race in like the longest, like, like they hadn't win, won the, any Olympic medals in the longest time. And then this new coach came in and yeah, he focused on doing these like one, 1% um, better things. So like they painted all the trucks, like the inside of the, the, the vans, they transported their bikes in white so they could see the dirt, um, of what was in there to like help keep their bikes clean. Mm -hmm. They started adding like, um, some stuff to keep their muscles a little bit warmer, like nothing crazy. And then like the next time the Olympics came around, I think they won like seven medals after oh, not wow. winning any medals for like 30 years. Wild. So yeah, the little the little things can help make people better mountain bikers. <laughs> um, do you remember what um, frozen yogurt you got that day? Um, Oreo, I think, and um, maybe it was cake batter. Ooh, those would be that would be a good combo. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, like you know, frozen yogurt, not a not a big crazy extravagant thing no but it was i remember it yeah and <laughs> you know myself like myself included it's like you know if i'm having a bad day it's like you know i'll find something i can do super small like i started getting into lego so i you know i'll i'll put a couple pieces together or something maybe and if it goes far maybe i'm building the whole kit that day but it's like again nothing earth earth shattering mm -hmm. um but my my god does it help with your mental brain 
and letting you process and sit with things. Yeah, guys, Legos and frozen yogurt, that's the secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Legos, have you have you seen the Lego skier guy on Instagram? Mm, oh, yeah, but it's been a few winners since I've seen that guy. Yeah, I haven't seen him, but that was a funny account at one point, like all the stuff that he'd do for them to... Really funny. Yeah. Um, but is there anything you want to wrap up this conversation with? Um. Yeah, just if you guys want to, I've, I've had people ask about events. I will be sharing them. However, they have not been planned yet. But keep your eyes on a, hopefully a Galentine's evening in February. And um, we will definitely be at Bhutan Festival March 29th at Sunlight Mountain in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. Buy your tickets. It's going to be epic. And then... Anything else, I would just encourage you to follow at Tits Deep for Breast Cancer's Instagram and sign up for our newsletter at the bottom of our homepage at titsdeepforbreastcancer.com. And if you feel called to reach out, I will be waiting on the other end of an email or an Instagram DM. Yeah, the Instagram DMs. That That's the way we should all communicate. So easy. Uh -huh and so much more and like i don't know it's weird like you send an email and it just feels like like no matter how like relaxed you send that email it mm -hmm. still feels blocky whereas like you know you're on instagram and you send a dm and it's like yeah. it's just like oh hey my new my new future best friend yeah. <laughs> um but thank you for taking the time and joining us um tonight for stoke hunters and sharing your good days and how you hunt for Stoke and, you know, the Stoke and support you are giving to the community that you're building and continue, like going into the future. Yeah, I'm super psyched that you had us on your podcast because really Tits Deep is all about Stoke hunting. 100%. <laughs> so for everyone listening at, on Instagram, at Tits Deep for breast cancer, find them, send them a DM, buy their stickers. Let's... I want to I want to see a sticker a tits deep sticker in every country so let let's build that challenge. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good night. See you Jared. <laughs>